You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. A cricket podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I am your host Ajit and after a couple of episodes missing in action we have our regular host Giri joining us. Hello Giri, welcome back on the podcast. Hello Ajit. I was not missing in action my friend. I was just too busy. <laughs> Lot of things happening in the world right now. How are you do- how are you doing? I am doing all right. I am doing all right. So I hear uh, you know you are not very far off from the epicenter of Uh, coronavirus as far as netherlands goes so how are you doing and how is uh, uh, you and yours as they say well i'm i'm not sure if it, this is actually the epicenter of uh, this whole thing uh, this coronavirus we're not too far away as well but uh, so far it's been okay it's been quite normal i don't see any difference in my day to day life i still go to work mm-hmm. uh, i still come home everything is fine by the time i come home the country you know like every um, every other country in the world is taking some measures so is netherlands as you know uh, so people are being asked to work from home as much as possible if their job allows it um and there is also an option for kids to go to school or not it's up to their parents if they want to send them uh, it's it's not really a lockdown like it is right now in italy for example mm-hmm. so in mm-hmm. italy i think they've basically closed down their borders they people cannot leave the country people cannot enter it uh, and there you've also might have heard of uh, travel bans in uh, you know for coming from india us israel and all these countries but we are i think a little more um i think it's a bit more free over here you can still go out and do what you want but you have to be careful uh, mm-hmm. of course for your own safety as well as for other people around you more vulnerable people let's put it that way right uh, but it's you know it's brought the whole world to their uh, you know uh, knees i guess so everybody is feeling the impact in one way or the other especially the economy the global economy is suffering indeed um so it's it's uh, it's massive uh, and i mean it's also taking a toll on uh, uh, like i said in in all arenas especially sport all sports uh, sporting events being either postponed or cancelled and it has also not spared cricket right so how do how do you feel about this well as i was talking to you before the recording began right we call it cricket in the time of corona right kid mm-hmm. yeah 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 and what is that <laughs> well i i know about another corona by the way uh, uh-huh. uh, you know uh, a different corona something that can be consumed and uh, does not make you ill this is my uh, rather uh, sad take on a very famous novel love mm-hmm. in the time of cholera by gabriel garcia marquez i don't know if you've had a chance to read it or watch its movie adaptation but uh, it was me trying to be funny and yeah oh you know, yeah the other corona well if you've had enough and enough of anything can make you sick right yeah, so yeah. and uh, apparently corona beer is uh, reported a very big loss this quarter thanks to this yeah. scare from corona right yeah 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 so doppelganger <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know you can never be too sure people are probably a bit uh, you know a bit uh, nervous considering mm-hmm. yeah. uh, what corona means and maybe that means they are not consuming corona beer that's a bit weird to hear but you know i can understand that people are a bit nervous about these things 
Right? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's 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 the same for all kinds of things. You've also, I think, we we both might have seen this also in supermarkets here. Uh, people oh, holding yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a bit of a crisis. People think it's the end of the world. You know, doomsday scenario. They're stacking up everything at home, from mm-hmm. frozen foods until toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what what you'll do with toilet paper, uh, but anyway, people must find some use uh, of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Uh, empty the racks in the supermarkets. But yeah, it's it's really crazy. Um, it shouldn't be like this, but yeah, people need to stay calm. Uh, we're trying our best, right? So we are trying to stay calm as much as we can. Are you no, not? Well, yeah, yeah, we are doing our best for sure. And also, as far as I'm concerned, I would continue to try and do the podcast, uh, whether there's cricket or not, right? So uh, mm-hmm. the best way to retain sanity is to just go ahead and be yourself, try to do most of the things in the same mm-hmm. way. But, I mean, it's always easier said than done. We know this as well, right? Yeah, I think there was, uh, if you remember, coming back to cricket, there have been so many cancellations and uh, postponements. We'll come to that in a bit. One of the most uh, important series that we were looking forward to in the Netherlands uh, Mm -hmm. has been called off, right? So, wasn't that between Netherlands and Namibia? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the casualties of this um, unfortunate pandemic that's currently going around is... The uh, Netherlands tour of Namibia has been called off, right? Mm-hmm. So this was something that, you know, would, as fans of Netherlands team, we would be very much looking forward to. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. this has been called off. So similarly, the other ongoing international cricket, for example, England's tour of Sri Lanka has been postponed. Mm-hmm. India-South Africa series, ODI series, which the first one had been rained out, has been completely called off. Mm-hmm. And then again, with very stringent measures being taken by New Zealand, right? So the... Chapel Hadley ODI series, of which yeah. one match had been already played, has been mm-hmm. called off, for example. Mm-hmm. Then you had this MCC versus Essex game, which is usually played usually played in Dubai, I think. So this is always MCC versus the champion of the previous uh, domestic season in the UK. Mm-hmm. So this one has been called off as well. So you can see a lot of cricket worldwide has been hit, right? For example, even uh, BCCI has been forced to reconsider so it's suspended all its ongoing domestic uh, calendar matches. Same with Cricket West Indies, right? Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to big tournaments, so you see that IPL uh, has been, the start of IPL, which was supposed to be 29th March, has been postponed mm-hmm. to 15th April. And then it's a wait and watch every week, right? Mm-hmm. As Ganguly said in a press conference recently, it's a wait and watch. They look at the situation every week and they monitor and maybe, we don't know, even the IPL's uh, calendar might be slightly not tweaked to fit this year's uh, remaining days, right? Less matches, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, for example, the PSL that's ongoing, Many, I think more than 10 players, 10 foreign players have left Pakistan and returned back to their uh, home countries because of this uh, fear of this uh, disease, right? So it, it's, it's really seriously affected cricket. I mean, I can joke about it, but uh, a lot of money, I'm sure, in the business world, not just cricketing world, has been lost. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, a lot yeah. of business has been affected. A lot of everyday activities. A lot of you know, uh, some of us who work in IT are a bit lucky, I must say, because we're able to work from home. But what if you are working with people? What if you have a I don't know a shop that sells stuff, especially food and other things? So you're really really hard hit. So we really hope you know the pandemic is on the way. Just it just peaked and it'll on the it'll be on the way down shortly. So. You know, in a 15-day period or maybe in one or two of our episodes time, if I may speak like that, this uh, this entire pandemic will run its course and, you know, we are free of it. I really hope that. Right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's it's a very serious matter, like you said. 
it's affecting everyone one way or the other directly or indirectly mm-hmm. um people have start stopped traveling for example um so i think that's also going to affect a lot of economies around the world uh but aside from that uh i think we will miss a lot of action in cricket it's it's a shame but it is what it is we can't change that mm-hmm. um but we'll keep talking about cricket whether it's on the field or off the field right so there will be some news or the other that we can talk about it is it it is at least a good thing that uh the ranji trophy finals mm-hmm. was able to conclude right so in a good way so they were able to finish that match right but that was uh played between saurashtra and wasn't it bengal did you watch that match well i i caught a couple of sessions here and there mm-hmm. uh, right so it was beginning a bit early in the morning for me so and for you so it was a very tensely fought final right giri so it was a very old school uh, let's say five day mm-hmm. cricket match where mm-hmm. the pitch was a bit flat i mean it it looked like it was very dry so most people were worried probably it's going to be a three day game or something right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in the second day uh, spinners will really come to the fore and there'll be a lot of problems so on and so forth but it turned out to be exactly the opposite because mm-hmm. not all four innings could be completed mm-hmm. and uh, in a very old school like a very uh, stolid way of playing cricket saurashtra who are more uh, let's say watchful and had the higher first inning score won the trophy in spite of the final being a draw yeah yeah they were lucky to win the toss i think aha uh-huh. Uh, Bengal's coach and mentor Arun Lal had something to say about it, right? So he was unhappy about the status of the pitch, and you know uh, that in spite of it being a final, the pitch was really not the best that could have been arranged, and so on and so forth. So he said, uh, "Look at it. What if you had lost the toss? If you have won the toss, you are uh, you are with the advantage. All you have to do is basically bat for two days, put up a total that is really big enough that will get you the tournament or get mm-hmm. you the final. That's exactly yeah. what happened." Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, if you look at the scorecard, um, like you said, Saurashtra made uh, uh, a handsome score to 425. They were all out. Their middle order clicked. I think the top order was also okay. A couple of 50s in the top three, and then there was a century by Vasavda, mm-hmm. uh, batting at number four. He scored 106 runs, but out of uh, 287 deliveries, so with a strike rate of less than 37, so he basically ground the opposition attack. he was supported by none other than cheteshwar pujara who made 66 runs but out of 237 deliveries and right. a strike rate of less than 28 so it's a typical pujara innings of course but i heard that he was not feeling well uh, uh, during the match uh, did, did you know what happened to him was he able to you know field take the field after he batted or did, did no no that? i think by the time he finished the innings uh, mm-hmm. by the time the first uh, innings of saurashtra was completed there already came the news that uh, cheteshwar pujara will not be able to take any more part in the match because mm. he had back spasms apparently oh okay old injury that has recurred uh, but he was brave enough to come out and bat uh, for his team and mm-hmm. uh, you know to bat out 250 or deliveries even Whew. having uh, a back problem that's very well done to him and i think he deserves all the plaudits there and yeah. you know for me the turning point as far as this final goes was basically let's say the last two wickets that Saurashtra were able to add um, more than 50 runs right so they were 364 for 8 and from that point on to drag it all the way to 425 a lot of credit goes to dharmendra singh jadeja batting at 10 and the captain jadeja unathkat who was strangely batting at 11 he's no mug with the bat unathkat right mm-hmm. but he was at 11 so it that shows the depth of this saurashtra team wow. and also you know i read something very strange 
So Bengal, whenever they have bowled first mm-hmm. in this entire year's tourney, have never considered more than 250 in a single instance when they have bowled first, right? Mm-hmm. Because they had this very uh, reliable uh, three-pace pronged attack: mm-hmm. Ishan Porel, Mukesh Kumar, and Akashdeep. Even Karnataka suffered against them in the semi-final when they lost. If the same thing happened, but mm-hmm. in this case. Uh, Saurashtra deserves the credit because they were able to hang on. They were able to bat for more than 170 overs, and they got to 425. But if you remember, there was a test like this when Australia visited India previously, when India were very slow in the first innings, but then they made up time and then they were able to finish out the game. So it was something similar, I would say. Even there, I remember Pujara taking a lot of time, seven, eight hours to, you know, compose a very nice hundred. which led mm. to you know india clinching the game or destroying it comfortably so when mm. it comes to their turn to bat bengal were good they had a lot of solid contributions sudipta chatterjee 81 then uh, tiwari 35 then riddhiman saha 64 i'll get to this anushtup majumdar 63 and then nandi making 40 so basically i think riddhiman saha they say was a bit lucky on the fourth morning when bengal looked to be you know trying to push forward and trying to get the lead i think in the very first 10 minutes there was a lot of action where Pradiman Saha is said to have gotten away with two clear what at least Saurashtra fielders felt was dismissals. So one was an LBW that Mr. Shamsuddin the umpire did not give, <laughs> and then I think you have a something to recount yeah. there. I'm sure. So, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, Shamsuddin didn't give, but then which was then on uh, referral was became umpire's uh, decision or became umpire's call, right? Mm-hmm. And then he survived another very close. Uh, you know shout for a caught behind after which he was able to make 64 he was plucky he was able to make it count but uh, bengal fell short right they were about 45 runs short in the end and then that was the decider because it was nearly a single inning shootout bengal were all out on the last day morning so all that left were like you know two sessions of game and at the end of let's say t by the t on fifth day uh, saurashtra had already made sure they were not going to lose this game because they had a little bit of a lead they made another 100 runs even though they lost four wickets all they had to do was bat out time from that point on so there was no point in really continuing and you know saurashtra were the as far as i am concerned deserved winners they made it uh, to the final they did well right they had tough opposition right through and once they made it to the final they made sure they capitalized on it it's once again heartbreak for bengal so yeah. they have to wait at least another season to try and win the trophy again right yeah, fortunate yeah unfortunate for them the story of shamsuddin I think you carried yeah. the bit of grudge. Would you like to relate to us? Well, I didn't see this live, but I read about this. Uh, apparently, Shamsuddin got in the way of a fielder's throw. <laughs> I don't know if that was deliberate. No, no, I'm not going to say that. That's very sinister. No, yeah, should right. not say that. But uh, apparently, was it, and he had to be taken off the field. Um, it looked like he couldn't take the field after that. And one of the other umpires, I can't remember his name, uh, had to. umpire from both ends because you know ranji trophy finals apparently means that you need to have a neutral umpire mm-hmm. uh, and the third umpire was in fact a local guy so he took the role of a leg umpire while the other umpire kept you know standing at the bowler's end i think uh, uh, you are referring to mr rakeen anant padmanaban anant padmanaban yes he was the let's say the other umpire the other on field umpire and yashwant yeah. balde was brought on he was the fourth yeah. umpire the third umpire was sundaram bravi the international empire so yeah but he, he has drs uh, expertise right so exactly. he was the only qualified drs uh, operator mm-hmm. um which which about which i have a question actually was drs being used fully this time or were there some uh, uh, missing elements like ball tracking was not available or something like that do you remember no 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 as far as i have heard 
it's the same drs that's used for international matches okay so okay. this is the same drs that was used in the semi finals and the finals mm-hmm. okay the players were allowed to use it just like how an international team captain is allowed to use right sorry to go back to it but no i think i'm going back to this anecdote that you told me off air about uh, shamsuddin and something to do with the semi finals of last year's ranji trophy can you relate it to us i can't remember if it was actually shamsuddin i hope uh-huh. it was because uh-huh. <laughs> you know there was this famous dismissal or non dismissal of uh, cheteshwar pujara there was a clear nick and uh, pujara did not walk he had every right to stay his ground mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the umpire apparently did not hear the nick whereas everybody on the ground probably even the spectators or even the coaching room staff heard this except for the umpire and uh, yeah pujara did not walk and uh, it turned out that pujara played a match winning innings there and then karnataka were defeated mm. in the last uh, semi finals uh, 2019 right so that season and um, yeah so rashtra were beaten in the finals against vidarbha of course vidarbha um, won it in their home ground mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it just brought me back those memories and pujara was again you know such a crucial player in this lineup he made sure that so rashtra were able to bat so long uh, mm-hmm. and i think that like you said it was a turning point in the match him coming back even after he was sort of retired hurt uh, overnight as you said so rashtra may have been deserving winners but i would have liked to have seen uh, bengal win this thing they they had a very good team especially that fast bowling attack you mentioned about indeed it's it's, it's a shame they have well, to try the next year <laughs> Indeed. Oh, but uh, I think, yeah, the emotional favorites were Bengal, but uh, they were really unlucky to miss out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going ahead from one final to another, mm. let's quickly have a talk about the Women's World Cup uh, final, the T20 World Cup final. Giri, were you able to catch uh, any of it or uh, at least did you follow it on the media maybe? I only followed it on uh, the Quick Info app, uh-huh. uh, only the scores. I saw Australia won the toss and decided to bat. and then i just realized india were never going to win this i think india played the first match against australia in the world cup and then india batted first and contained australia basically but on this occasion i think australia were too good uh, they posted a, a 190 odd runs right mm-hmm. so it was too big a task and for some reason indian women's team yeah doesn't seem to have this uh, killer instinct or uh, the drive or the mm. the um the fire power in them to uh, come up with the goods when it really matters in the finals they were really good very consistent as you might remember won every one of their league games mm-hmm. also got a walkover uh, in the in the semi finals against england because of washout mm-hmm. uh, but i think they were probably a spent force by then uh, i had expected a better performance but the bowling didn't click they gave away too many runs and uh, um you might have some finer points to talk about but australia you know for sure fifth time winner right so they were the best team they still are the best team even without elise perry uh, their stalwart yeah they were too good on that day still they have to try again yeah? yeah i agree no i agree but look it's the fifth time that australia have won you're absolutely right but they were the better team on the day without a doubt and they were the team with the killer instinct look the very first ball of the final alisa was hitting it out for a four then the rest of the over was an absolute let's say it shambles from uh, diti sharma who who always opened the innings with the ball for india and somehow she was very nervous and there were three full tosses in the final so i sat and i saw most of the final 
Yeah. And as you say, as an Indian cricket fan, you were a bit disappointed at the halfway mark. You know, it brought back those terrible, terrible memories from 2013. Where you know, mm. as a Indian cricket fan, you knew halfway it was going to require a miracle mm. for the Indian team to win, and that's exactly how it played out, unfortunately. But also, look, a lot of credit needs to be given to Alisa Healy, who played out of her skin, right? Mm. Uh, 39 balls for a 75 with five sixes. That's not that's not something uh, ordinary in a World Cup final, right? Mm-hmm. So she took 30 balls for her 50, and this is the fastest 50 in any World Cup T20 final, men or women. So she needs to be given credit for that, right? Well Once she got out, though, I mean, look, they had already gotten to 115 in just the 12th over, so they were always going at 10 and over. But the man of the series was recognized as the man of the series was Beth Mooney. She was the one who held the, let's say, one and down. And then after the 15th over, she accelerated beautifully. And 10 fours, a 10 boundary force, most of them hit along the ground. So you saw the quality in her batting. Like, you know, she's a very, very dreamy left-hander, very much ala Sangakara or somebody. And she batted beautifully, right? And then there was really nobody else to support her, but it didn't matter in the end. So they were looking good for 200. And India were able to, you know, small consolation, they were able to pull them back to 184. And India needed a miraculous start, right? Shefali Verma and Shruti Mandana needed to give them the sort of start that Australia got. But Australian bowlers were too good, frankly. So the very first ball of the Indian innings, we were all excited. Shefali Verma simply tonked it straight down the ground behind the bowler's head. They ran two. In the third ball, uh, Megan should pull the ball a little back and Shefali couldn't adjust to it. She was still committed to the front foot and she got caught behind. So there again, Alisa Healy, the keeper, comes to the fore. She was standing up to the stumps. And that was a wonderful catch. Wonderful anticipatory catch, right? So, in spite of having, you know, 12 batters, one of them was retired hurt and they had a concussion sub, India could only total 99. So, that itself was very, you know, sort of disappointing for me. Australia were really good, no doubt. So, Megan should lead the way with 4 for 18. And uh, Jonathan, who opened with her, took 3 for 20. And that was all great. But except for Deepthi Sharma, who hung around, who took some time and made 33, there was really nobody. Only Ghosh, I think she's uh, also another 16-year-old. She was the concussion sub for Tanya Bhatia, the keeper who got hit on the head. She was able to come out and make an 18. So it was all exciting to see, but you know, you had seen the, let's say the horses had bolted and the door had to be closed or something. It was a bit late. So that left a bit of a sore point for me, but it was a wonderful, wonderful tournament overall, a wonderful, you know, exhibition of cricket, very high level cricket. And uh, Beth Mooney was deservedly given the man of the series, as I said, and Alisa Healy was the man of the match. So this is well done to Australia, who won their fifth one, and if that's a fantastic achievement for them. So I would like to con- congratulate the Australian women's team, and also in front of 86,000 people, Kiri. Yeah, MCG record. was feel like, you know, it was the first day of, uh, you know, the... Um, Boxing Day Test. Boxing Day Test, yeah. indeed. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic uh, thing to know that, you know, there were so many people watching the match. Um, Amazing, amazing advert for uh, women's cricket. This needs to happen all over the world. Uh, it just goes to show, show that you know Australia has real, true cricket fans that mm-hmm. come out to watch in scores. Sorry for being a bit peevish because you kept saying man of the series. It should uh-huh. be player of the series and player of the match. Ah, uh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> no, no, it's right. Yeah, no, no. right. It's a uh, just to be a bit the... uh, correct politically. Yeah. It was a slip of the tongue. I think I I, it rolls out more easily to me, man. I know, I know. I know it was not intentional. It was all with uh, good intentions. But uh, anyway, um, a couple of points I would like to mention here. I know Shafali Verma was, you know, was a failure in the finals. Fine. She was consistent throughout the series. 
throughout the World Cup, but not on this occasion. What actually concerns me is Harman Preet Kaur's form throughout the World Cup. She never got to a very big score, uh, if I'm not wrong, correct me. Uh, and even the final, I think she got a single-digit score, right? So she didn't seem to be her usual fluent self. She's a good striker of the cricket ball and she kept missing. I think she was also bold. She was batting against West Indies. She she seemed a bit uh, ruffled, let me put it that way. And also, uh, I don't, I still don't understand why Veda Krishnamurti bats so low down, low down the order. I think she should be up there. She's one of the more senior pros and she mm-hmm. is definitely uh, an impact player. So she she's a hard hitter, like she uh, showed in the last league game. I don't know which play team that was against. Was that against Bangladesh? Yeah, it was against Bangladesh. Yeah, so against Bangladesh. She made a very crucial 20-odd uh, cameo with which India were able to make that jump from uh, 120 to 140 and then they were able to win against Bangladesh. Of course, Bangladesh was not so strong. They didn't have any power hitters, fine. Mm-hmm. But I think Veda Krishnamurti uh, should be cleared up the order. Probably just before, uh, if you look at the lineup in the finals, I think uh, Tanya Bhatia played at number three. She should have come a bit further down the order and and then... Veda Krishnamurti should have played at four or five, maybe five. Mm, mm, mm. I think they they missed a point there. Maybe they had a few things to. Uh, they had a pre-plan or something, but it doesn't matter in the end. India lost, which is a huge shame because I was hoping they could pull this off. It's it's. Uh, I, I hope that you know this forms a good platform on which so many young players coming in, so many teenagers, like you said, you know, Ghosh, uh, and then. Uh, uh, Shefali Verma, just a 16-year-old uh, mm-hmm. female version of Virendra Sehwag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah, could be even one. better than Virendra Sehwag, I think. She is incredible. I saw a couple of sixes that she hit against uh, Bangladesh. Unbelievable. She is such a clean hitter. And mm-hmm. she clears the boundary comfortably. She hits 85-86 meters sixes. And that's comparable with what Rohit Sharma hits, for example. So it's incredible. Wow. She has amazing power. And there are also some stories about how she uh, began to play cricket and how she has ended up with uh, playing women's cricket. And in the in the in the Indian squad, you know, she played with boys apparently mm-hmm. uh, when she was young. And she played right, right. when her brother was sick, uh, and she uh, just played played with his T-shirt on, and then nobody realized this was a girl. Good God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a Bollywood story with, waiting to happen, right? Exactly, just like that movie that uh, Amir Khan made, Dangal. Uh-huh. Remember? Indeed. Yeah, so this might be another one of those. And she's incredibly good. Uh, and then you have Jemima Rodriguez. She's also, I think, 19 years old. And she's also a very good uh, batter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Harman Preets, uh, of course, needs to pass on the baton. I don't know who the next captain will be. She's still got some years. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you have Deepti Sharma. I think she's still in her early 20s, 23, 24. She's a very solid middle-order batter. She keeps the innings together like she did against Bangladesh. And then, of course, Veda Krishnamurti, more of a finisher. Yeah, I think they have a very good squad. They have a lot of spinning options, like uh, Poonam Yadav, Rajeshwari Gaikwad, and then uh, Ghosh, I think. That's the other lady. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, they, 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 I think they s- sort of miss that experience that uh, Julan Goswami brought with her. Right? So, they okay. don't have that. Apart from Shikha Pandey, they don't have a good... Uh, Seamer in their squad. So maybe they can work on that. I think this is definitely a very good squad. They can mm-hmm. build on this for sure. I think they have the ODI World Cup coming up, right? I think that's the next tournament, big tournament. Uh, and I hope that with this squad, they make uh, a lot of improvements and 
Vurkeri Raman. I think he is also a very astute guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the former Tamil Nadu and India cricketer. Yeah. Uh, he will for sure take it forward. Uh, take this team forward and uh, they can be a winning outfit for sure. I really hope that this happens. This is very good for uh, cricket uh, all around the world. Look, uh, you're right. Huh? Harmanpreet Kaur, the batter was somewhat missing. Right? And also she didn't bowl a whole lot during the tournament which was also yeah. a bit surprising for me. But for me, the most important thing indeed is Nuthi Mandana and Harmanpreet Kaur, you know, between them they can destroy teams. that was unfortunate that they went a bit missing in the crucial stages of the tournament but you know it can happen right so yeah. as you say they have a solid core and as at the end of the tournament harmanpreet put it she believes in the team right and there is a lot of talent there and there's uh, they have a long way to go so it's just another step in the learning process let's just call it like that right yeah yeah absolutely now if you were to move on let's take a quick look at you know the last one day that was played before the sort of uh, coronavirus bans sort of set in so this was the one odi that was played between australia and new zealand that was the uh, first odi of the chapel hadley trophy so in this case australia comfortably beat new zealand so you know batting first australia made 258 for 7 which was sort of a little less of a score this was played in sydney by the way and in front of empty crowds right so most of the tournaments that have decided to continue or are continuing have decided that um, they'll play in front of empty stadiums so that you know there is no chance of any scare any health scare so in this case david warner made 67 aaron finch 60 so they set up a platform they went to 124 for one in the 25th over when warner was dismissed but after that except for uh, marnas labushkagne who made 56 and then mitch marsh who made 27 there are not a lot of major contributions pat cummins sort of took australia past the 250 mark but that's about it so a lot of credit goes to the new zealand bowlers so trent bolt and lockie ferguson opened this sort of shows probably the way in which new zealand will probably play ahead in odis right the teams of the experiment or the teams of the experience as far as odis have concerned maybe you know sort of a thing of the past we'll see how it stands but ferguson was fantastic with the new ball i saw a couple of those uh, you know uh, overs from him he bowled i think 152 kph at some point in time the third or the fourth over of the match that's fantastic to see and uh, michel santner took 2 for 34 and then ish so they took 3 for 51 right but when it came their turn to bat australia were fantastic on the field so it looks like a bit of a sluggish pitch not normal for sydney but uh, you know uh, the fast bowlers basically michel stark and hazelwood tied the batsmen down the whole way or uh, sort of new zealand could never take off they never even had a run rate of 3 going into the 11th 12th over and they had lost one or two wickets there so martin gaptil made 40 and then uh, Tom Latham made 38, sort of counter-punching 38. And then Colin de Graham down 25, but a bunch of teams going down from that point on. But that was it. So New Zealand were 187 all out. Josh Hazelwood was sort of back and firing on all cylinders. He took two for 37. And he was wonderful to you know look at from a spectator's perspective. His spell was fantastic. Uh, Pat Cummins, incisive as always, three for 25. Mitch Marsh, uh, who was sort of a bit unproductive in the previous uh, ODI series versus South Africa, took 3 for 29 and adam zampa took 2 for 50 uh, the one of the talking points of this game for me was the ball with which adam zampa dismissed ken williamson so it was a googly from hell or googly from heaven depending on how you look at it right giri so it was very reminiscent of the ball that uh, you know kohli was dismissed i think by adil rashid if you remember in the last uh, year yeah. when india were touring uh, england and in the last odi mm. 
a googly that completely bamboozled uh, kohli and you know he played uh, in the wrong line and just it went on to hit the middle stump it was a similar ball wonderful wonderful ball so that was another talking point for me so but unfortunately after this the rest of the series got called off yeah. uh, i don't know if it means australia have retained the hadley chapel trophy or maybe <laughs> the series stands cancel i don't know how that goes so interesting I think it will be counted as a series because they played a match already right so it probably will be 1-0 in favor of Australia uh-huh. uh it will be recorded as a match so is that India South Africa match that was called off in the uh-huh. Mashallah, right? yeah. so that was still it's still recorded as a ODI as an ODI match uh-huh. but yeah I think um, it's a, it's a real shame I think this was uh, just about you know um, cooking up or it would have been a very nice series because mm-hmm. new zealand were fresh from on the back of their series win against india in the test series right so it would have been nice if had they continued this but anyway we can't do much about this right there was also another interesting series in this case this was a uh, you know a t20 series uh, played between ireland and afghanistan in uh, noida near delhi where afghanistan have their home series right this was a wonderful wonderful exhibition of uh, t20 cricket that we saw actually it happened sort of on the down low now with not a lot of people following mm-hmm. maybe and the matches were broadcast live on youtube so that was nice if you are a cricket fan right mm-hmm. so it was a 2-1 victory to afghanistan but what i would like to talk about is the last game where it was one of the uh, one of the most thrilling matches that we have seen in a long long time because it went into super over and off the last ball of the super over with five runs required uh Kevin O'Brien hit a six right so it was a very top sitter we game a wonderful wonderful game so this was a real nice game to sort of watch if you are a cricket fan and afghanistan comfortably won the series 2-1 and they looked like they were also going to win the third one but mm-hmm. ireland were able to come back right so having made only 142 ireland defended it i think a lot of credit goes to mccarthy who bowled the you know the last over of the regular game and uh, considered just 8 with uh, afghanistan requiring 9 and even those 8 were thanks to rashid khan actually who hit uh, 14 of the last you know four four or five balls he faced and he took afghanistan to a tie there so he also did something incredible in that game where with five required of the last ball he hit a four and tied the game right rashid khan and then uh, when he came to bowl unfortunately he couldn't uh, you know control the eight runs that were required and you know they were able to win there so it was a top shittery game right through So mm-hmm. it was a all in all a wonderful game so this is something i just would like to mention yeah well so, you know outside of that you know there was this trip down the memory lane i don't know if you saw this uh, road safety world series that was played in uh, mumbai andheri no i didn't i didn't watch that now yeah there was this there was this <laughs> amazing um, you know recollections people coming to watch sachin uh, you know the first game which was between uh, india and west indies had 26000 people attending this shows the kind of uh, craze or the the kind of devotion that mm. people the indian cricket fans have for sachin right and mm-hmm. the first game was between india masters and uh, west indies two great cricketers were facing each other again so west indies had lara and india had tendulkar so all in all it was a really good uh, thing if you were uh, watching this so this was a, mm-hmm. another noteworthy thing to talk of from you know outside of the cricketing field mm-hmm. right so also uh, yeah you know we hear a lot of this the world 11 versus asia 11 matches have been postponed the sheffield shield uh, last round could be cancelled right mm-hmm. so all of these sort of are uh, indicating more and more that you know 
countries are going to wait and watch for the next uh, let's say uh, 15 days 20 days and maybe a lot of cricket that was scheduled is going to be called off yeah right? mm-hmm. let's probably discuss how it goes in one of our upcoming episodes mm-hmm. now if you were to quickly take a look at the trivia section so the trivia question from the previous episode was an interesting one right so the question was uh, can we name a pair of brothers in law who are currently playing in men's international cricket right mm. so the answer to this question is mushfiqur rahim and mahmudullah from bangladesh so they are brothers in law so that's the answer and if there is any other international uh, you know brothers in law playing international cricket please do let us know about it right now the trivia question from this episode is you know we talked a lot about the ranji trophy final and uh, so saurashtra we said won the ranji trophy final but when was the last time saurashtra won the trophy ranji trophy right if you look into the history of ranji trophy uh, you will see a couple of teams have multiple names that they have you know the names have evolved over the years so if you look closely you might actually identify when was the last time saurashtra won the tournament so that is the question so you can give us the answer to this question uh, either by leaving a comment on whichever app you follow us uh, on your podcasting app i mean also you can give us the answer through you know twitter where our handle is at @armchaircricketpod or you could uh, write into us at armchaircricket@gmail.com these are all ways in which you can get in touch with us also if you want to let us know what you think about our podcast and if you have any suggestions or comments so even though a lot of cricket that was supposed to go on has been cancelled I think us cricket fans can take a deserved break, Kiri. What do you say? No, I don't think we need to take a break. There is enough to talk about. There is enough things happening around the world, even if there is no cricket, like I said. So we well, have plenty to talk about for sure. The fans can take a break, but we don't need to take a break. I said fans can take a break from watching cricket, but we are good. We have enough to talk. So I do hope all our listeners, all our supporters are able to join again and tune into in all our upcoming episodes. So that's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.